Good afternoon, my name is Debbie Lambert. I'm going to share with you my lesson plan. The title of my lesson plan is called Figures of Speech and the Beat Up Banjo. This is grade level eight, standard laughs.8.l.3.5. The standard is demonstrate understanding of figurative language, word relationships, and nuisances in word meanings. Also, laughs.8.l.3.5 dot three point five a interpret figures of speech example verbal irony puns in context the student will read grandpa's beat-up banjo and annotate for figures of speech the student will also complete a graphic organizer identifying examples from the text and determine the impact of the figures of speech on the meeting. For this lesson, materials that are needed will be copies of Grandpa's Beat Up Banjo, one per student. This will be available via Cami. Copies of the handout, Interpreting Figures of Speech in Context, one per student. This is also going to be available via Cami. Students will need highlighters, pencils, and pens if they choose to print out a copy of the lessons if that is needed. Today we will read the fictional text, Grandpa's Beat Up Banjo, and we will annotate the reading to identify figures of speech. You will complete a task which will require you to cite and interpret figures of speech in context. It is important to identify figures of speech and consider why the author chose them because they can help you understand a story beyond its literal level. Without interpreting the figures of speech in context, it is possible to miss the author's main ideas. Now I'm going to ask you to recall previous knowledge of figures of speech and we are going to take a moment to review those. You will see attached to this lesson, it is called figure, figurative language terms list. The first one is something that we spoke about, which is alliteration. And if you remember, now remember that was the repetition of sound in a line. For example, suddenly Sarah signed and sank down on the sand. Another term that we have discussed is hyperbole, and this is a figure of speech in which the truth is exaggerated for emphasis or a humorous effect. The third term is imagery. These are descriptive words and phrases that recreate sensory experiences for the reader. Imagery usually appeals to one or more five senses, which are sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. And this is to help the reader imagine exactly what is being described. The next one is a metaphor, and this is a comparison of two things that are basically unlike but have qualities in common. A metaphor does not contain the words like or as. An extended metaphor compares two essentially unlike things at some length and in several ways.
Personification is another figurative language list off of um, our terms. And this means giving human qualities to animals, an object, or ideas. The next one is pun. And if you recall, this is a word that is used to suggest two or meaning, excuse me, meanings usually to create humor or irony. And the last one off our list is a symbol. It's a person, a place, object, animal, or activity that stands for something beyond itself. For example, a white dove is a bird that represents peace. <clears throat> now you're going to open up your PDF cami of the story Grandpa's Beat Up Banjo. And as I read aloud, you're going to silently read the story. And I'm going to grab my copy of the story right now. Again, students, make sure that you are following along line for line. Grandpa's beat up banjo. Here we go. Couldn't Grandpa buy a real banjo? I asked. Incredibly, as in my aunt, and I watched him rehearse with his homemade banjo for the community talent contest. I suppose he thinks his banjo is real, Aunt Lorena said. After all, he's been playing music on it for 50 years. Oh, I know all about Grandpa's banjo and how he had raised it from a sprout, as he says, by planting rude vines and choosing one to make his banjo, just as his great uncle Riley had taught him. I suppose it had sentimental value, but it looked just awful with the moodled gourd and sticking stick neck covered it with bumps, scratches, and padina of age. So when Aunt Lorena just justified him continuing to strum that banjo because he had done it for 50 years, I was unconvinced, for that was my main objection. What other objects does one retain for so long? No one purchases, say, a pair of shoes or blue jeans and expects to be wearing those 50 years later. So why did Grandpa insist on playing that duplicated, older-than-old, beat-up banjo? Bluegrass was already kind of a hard sell among my friends. To them, it was just unpopular music, and Grandpa's banjo was not going to convince anyone otherwise, particularly at the con contest. My friend Ray's band was performing, and they could have amplifiers, flashy new instruments, and costumes. The contest was worse than than I feared. The crowd went wild over their groups with their synthesizers and laser shows. Then Grandpa came onto the stage with no amps, no fanfare, and no screaming fans. Then he began to play Orange Blossom Special, a tune that was supposed to imitate the sound of a train, specifically the one that used to run from New York to Miami. No way was this crowd going to get on board for this song. As the notes began to accelerate, however, I noticed a resonance from the old gourd that was so powerful, yet mellow, 
that I seemed to hear Grandpa's music for the first time. Suddenly, the previous group seemed overwrought and artificial, while Grandpa's sound was authentic. This was bluegrass played on an instrument literally grown from the soil. As he began to speed the tempo to suggest the train gathering a full head of steam, I began to clap in time. Others joined in, and before long, hundreds of clapping hands accompanied Grandpa's banjo. When the train roared into the sunset and the last chord quivered into the air, the audience erupted. Grandpa stood and bowed, grinning, just him and his beat-up banjo. All right, and that was the stories, Grandpa's beat-up banjo. Now, you are going to um, use the highlighters that are available in Cami, and we are going to begin to annotate. So now you are going to annotate the text by identifying examples of the figurative language and interpreting their meanings. So you're going to circle, underline, highlight, and write in the margins the text for the figures of speech. For this, we are going to revisit our text. As you complete this, you're going to see where it says Grandpa's Beat Up Banjo. Here, you're going to annotate. You can do a text box that set for the name Grandpa's Beat Up Banjo. Now, this is an alliteration. Um, it is the sound, rhythm, and appearance of a banjo because the banjo was what? It was the gourd. Also, in that, you will notate Beat Up Banjo. We're going to highlight that. And in the third paragraph, where it says raised it from a sprout, we're going to highlight there as well because this is a personification. It's suggesting that the ba- the banjo's gourd is grandpa's baby because he raised it from a sprout. And then also in that same paragraph, in the bottom, the very last line, it says with the molted gourd and stick neck covered with the bumps, scratches and padina of age. You're going to highlight that as well. And the notation that you make, or you're going to um, compare your notations to what I have. Now this is imagery, and this is being used to emphasizing the old appearance of the instrument. The tannin may be considered metaphoric, and the neck may be considered a personification. Excuse me. Now, then at the end, where it says beat up banjo, this is a hyperbole. This is emphasizing Grandpa's attitude towards the banjo. Also, a repetition of the beat up banjo. Now, in that one, two, three, four, fifth paragraph, the first line that says bluegrass was already kind of a hard sell. Now, compare your notes. This is a metaphor that is comparing musical interests to something that could be bought slash sold. And then in the next paragraph, compare your notes. The sentence that says, the crowd went wild over the groups with their synthesizers and laser shows. Now we will highlight crowd went wild 
And this is because this is a hyperbole. It's exaggerating the crowd's enthusiasm for the first act. Then where it says, with no amps, no fanfare, and no screaming fans, we will also highlight this as well because this is the repetition highlighting the difference between grandpa's stage presence and the act's, the other act's presence. And then the following line, the next paragraph towards the end where it says, get on board for this song. We're gonna highlight on board because this is a metaphor comparing the banjo to a train. And then the few words before that, that says crowd going to get. This is a pun, meaning that on board a train and enthusiastic about the song combined with the three the quotes from the next three paragraphs, it could be extend it could be an extended metaphor. And then in the next line, it's we're gonna annotate notes begin to accelerate. We're also going to annotate so powerful yet mellow. Now this is a two seemingly opposite tones that are coming from the banjo. And then in the last paragraph where it says when the train rolled roared into the sunset this is more for extended metaphor and at the last chord quivered into the air the audience this is a hyperbole or a metaphor that is comparing the audience to a volcano and then finally it says the last three words beat up banjo this is a repetition again and this is highlighting the change in the grandson's attitude towards the banjo. So students, as you go through your annotations, please pause. Make sure that we have the same um, highlighted words that you made the notations on your PDF Cami version. Compare what you have to what I had, and then you will find an attached worksheet that says figurative language device you're going to give a quote from the passage and the deeper meaning or effect now again go through your annotations what we highlighted what we talked about and complete that again my name is Debbie Lambert thank you for taking time to listen to my lesson have a wonderful day